everyone, my name is Dina, and you're listening to Slav Switzerland, a podcast about Slavic languages. Today's episode is recorded on my phone because, um, as some of you might have noticed, I promised an episode on the 15th of April, but failed to do so. And I deeply apologize for that. And since I am, well, not in a position to record an episode on my computer right now, I am going to do it on my phone. And I hope that the quality of it will be okay. <laughs> um, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Because I want to talk to you about two things. First one is my plans for the future for Slav Switzerland and the things that I have on my mind. And the second is the topic that I promised in the stories. It's about um, Pomak language or dialect. So, um, yeah, let's get started. The first thing that I want to do is, this is just me rambling right now, no script, no anything, which is um, not that common for this type of podcast that I'm doing. Well, for my podcast. <laughs> and I usually, well, I usually don't like when people do that in their podcasts, you know, just rambling about their own personal things. But I find it extremely necessary for me to do it right now because I feel like I've dropped a ball um, with Slav Switzer community and, well, with all of you. And um, I just want to make sure that you know that um, every single one of you that listens to me, whether you listen to Slav Switzer from the beginning or you just joined or... I don't know. <laughs> um, I am very grateful for you being here. But that doesn't mean that um, I don't need help. <laughs> um, which is why I've been thinking a lot about offering some kind of a... Well, since I, I, I personally don't have any income from Slav Switzerland myself. Um, I was thinking about offering um, an unpaid internship slash, I don't know, help. Uh, for people that want to um, want to get into the process of um, making of Slav Um I would personally need help with uh, with the magazine that I'm also preparing for you and I would also need help well with translating so I would need people that are native speakers of at least one Slavic language plus are in good command of 
English. Yeah, um, but uh, this is just the the things that I have on my mind right now. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I put it out so I wouldn't forget. And if someone is already interested from listening to this, please make sure to reach out at slavsutia at gmail.com. Otherwise, I will make sure to post it on my Instagram page and on other social media platforms so people, well, so you would be informed. I would also like to point out that um, I'm planning on being more present on my um, social media platforms and being more involved with the um, with the podcast itself. And I am going to do two episodes per month, which would which would be one on the first and one of the fifteenth on the fifteenth of the month. So you will have exact set dates for the episodes that are coming up. And I'm not saying that I'm going to stick to it 100% because, as you can see, things happened and, yeah, but I plan on sticking to it. Um, another thing is that I am planning on doing a roundtable every month as a discussion with people from the field, as a debate on the topics that are current and are, um, well, linguistic topics. Um, so that will be, that will be a thing starting end of May, I think, or end of June, but that is definitely something that I'm planning on doing. So yeah, um, now that I've presented to you my agenda for <laughs> for the future, um, I would like to start with the linguistics part linguistic part of this podcast, which is um, a little bit about the Palmach language or dialect. And I have to be honest, I haven't heard of Palmach or Pomatsko or Pomashki. Um, I haven't heard about um, this specific dialect or language up until, I don't know, a couple of days ago, um, I started researching a totally different topic and this one came along. So um, I started reading a bit and it is really interesting because, well, the thing that struck me is that is, um, Pomak is, a South Slavic 
variety, let's say, South Slavic variety that is spoken by Muslim communities in Bulgaria, Greece, and Turkey. Um, which is something that honestly thing I think is important because I think in all Islamic languages, whether they're they are small or or big, whether they're dialects or or languages, I think the religion plays a major role. So as we can see and as we would see, will see in the Pomak language, um, the influence of the of the Islam is great in the terms of lexics. So even though it is a Slavic language, it's still this this Muslim influence Islamic influence can still be traced. Um, it is a variety that is generally no longer transmitted to younger generations and is used mostly in spoken um, yeah, in spoken word um and the when it's used in writing um there are varieties as well the speakers opt for the script of the language in of the language of the country where Pomak is spoken. So in Bulgaria, it is the Cyrillic script. In Turkey, it's the Latin script. And in Greece, it's either the Greek, the Greek or the Latin script. So, um, yeah. Pomak belongs to the Eastern, Eastern group of the South Slavic language branch. And it is traditionally considered um, Bulgarian dialect and it is described as the most conservative South Slavic variety. However, there are some significant grammatical innovations um, and Pomak is similar to other varieties spoken by Christian populations who live in the Brodop mountains and it differs from the Slavic varieties spoken by other Muslim populations in the Balkans who live in Albania or North Macedonia or in Kosovo, for example. And on the phonetic level, there are a couple of things that are worth mentioning. However, I am not 100% sure that I can pronounce those things. Um, I will try. Um, in the 
In Pomak, there is a vowel O in place of the Proto-Slavic Yers. Um, then there is an open front vowel O and the use of the Proto-Slavic vowel U. Um, I am not sure if I can give you any example for that, since I myself, as I said, am first reading and hearing about Pomak. So if there is a speaker of Pomak among you, you can please, please, please write me um, an email or write me on Instagram or contact me, however you prefer, um, if I make any kind of mistake. Um, there is a significant difference um, to Bulgarian and Macedonian, which is the case system. And in Bulgarian and Macedonian, for those of you who speak Bulgarian or Macedonian, um, you know that there is an almost complete loss, um, loss of the case system, whereas Pomuk varieties have preserved case to a large extent. So, if there is a system, a case system, um, that is in a Pomuk variety spoken in Greece, um, that marks the level of animacy by marking the case. Um, which means um, the case itself is has different endings, um, whether it is describing whether it is describing whether the the noun is an animate object. <laughs> Or not so whether it is a person or an animal or any other type of non living objects I hope I explained that <laughs> correctly um, and this is this is the thing that is not only in Pomac though this animacy marking is found in Old Church Salonic and it is present in modern Slavic languages as well. For example, um, with um, genitive case for male uh, nouns, um, you can, I mean, you can, you say, um, for example, if we have a person that is named Marco and you want to say, for example, in Slovene, since now I'm in Slovenia and <laughs> this is the first thing that came to my mind. Um, if you want to say that Marco is not here, 
you can say you say in Slovene ni marka but if wow this is a bad example okay let's start over <laughs> let's let's do it in Serbian um if you want to say in Serbian that Marko is not here um you can you you say um nema marka but if you want to say that there the the the, the chair which is a non animate object so no no it's a is a thing it's an item um then you say wow I had it I had it in my mind and now I'm completely lost. What is wrong with me? Um Wow. Wow, I'm <laughs> Okay. I will um we will just ignore this. Let's say that um, the NMC marking is found in altered Slavic and is present in modern Slavic languages as well. But here's the thing. Um, the Pomak um, innovation, let's say, is like, like that is that this animacy marking is extended from masculine to feminine proper nouns so in other slavic languages there is this animacy marking only for masculine nouns but if i'm understanding here correctly in pomak there is animus marking for masculine and feminine proper nouns. And there is um, there is an example here which says Hussein liked Miriam, but Miriam didn't like him. And in Pomak, that would be Hussein which is masculine nominative, then ifta, which is want, which is a verb, and then meriema, which is feminine accusative. So for example, in, in Serbian, I'm going to give you an advice, an, advice, an example. You would say, Hussein, nominative, um, Hussein, voli, um, which is love, but for the purpose of this, let's say it's like, um, and then the feminine noun that would be in accusative would look the same as in nominative, so it would be Meriem. But in Pomak, the accusative form of an animate 
noun um, has an ending, a. So, Hussein ifta meriema, instead of meriem. Yeah. Another feature that characterizes pomak is the use of the three datic suffixes with a special, special pragmatic reference, similar to Macedonian and unlike Bulgarian. Um, I must say that I am not 100% comfortable with explaining this since I myself don't speak um, Macedonian or Macedonian or Bulgarian. Um, but all I can say on this topic is that apparently um, Pomak as well as Macedonian has this um, has this suffix that allows the formation of definitive articles that represents a definitive article, let's say it like that. Um, yeah, it, it represents the demonstrative possessive pronouns. Um, and there is a distinction in in here and now and whether the, the the object that you're talking about is near you or not near you um for example when the table is close to the speaker you can say come to the table Yela nach matza sa. Matza being the table and sa being this extra suffix that um, gives you the context that the table is close, close to the speaker. Um, when the table is close to the Interlocutor, interlocutor, interlocutor. When the table is close to the person that you're talking to, then you add the suffix ta. So, na matza ta, at the table. And when the table is away from both speakers, then you add the suffix na. So next, next to the table, pri matza na. Whew. Um, again, if I am wrong about something or if I explain something a bit complicated or a, a bit un, 
well, untrue, please let me know. <laughs> um, it is almost midnight and as you maybe can hear from my voice, I am, <laughs> I'm speaking, I'm trying to speak very quietly, but I felt like um, doing this recording right now. Um, thank you so much for joining. I hope that you learned something new today. I certainly have. And I promise I will try and dedicate more time to this podcast and to preparing the content for you. Um, otherwise, you can always reach me on slavstvice at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram under slavstvice or, um, well, I'm on Facebook as well under slavstvice. I'm on Twitter on as Stankovic Dina. So, um, yeah, I'm on a lot of platforms and there is a lot of, um, there is, there, there are a lot of ways to reach me, let's say like that. So if you have any sort of comment or, um, just, you know, want to share, um, don't hesitate to to contact me. I wish you all a pleasant evening, day, week, weekend. And this was a bit different now. Um, but I will try to include more rambling in my episodes if you if you think that is okay. <laughs>